Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. The theme uh, that we're talking about at the moment, I'm doing a series and the theme that I'm talking about is on home. Um, and if you missed any of them, uh, you can always, uh, if you're here, you can just grab one of these cards and it tells you how you can see the other ones. Um, but if you're just at home and you want to just listen to the message at all, uh, if you go to um, either iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, I've not taken my, my, my podcast off Spotify yet. I know there's a possibility that I might be doing that, but I haven't yet made my decision yet. But on Spotify, you can just click on the Aspen Chapel podcast on Google Play, uh, iTunes or Spotify, and it'll just have the message. And you can just listen to the message either in the car or, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, so this is the third in a series that I'm doing on the nature of home. And in the past episodes, we looked at the fact that, in fact, your home can be many things. It can be your house where you're living. It can be your parents' house, your family. Your home can be your community, my home in the valley. Your home can be my co your country. Your home is obviously your planet. And even the universe is really your home. So there are lots of different concepts and ways of thinking about home. But I went on to say that the, the door to all concepts of home is really the heart. In identifying with our souls and in that, with the divine nature, the great I am, as opposed to the small I am in the mind, the great I am, through our soul, we access our place of home. And by entering our home through the door of our heart, by identifying with that greater I am, rather than the smaller I am, we then find ourselves at home in all places. Because fundamentally, within us, we are at home, and therefore we can identify being at home uh, everywhere. So that was really the first week. And the second week, we took that one step further um, using Thich Nhat Hanh, who, who talks a lot about home. And he, and he moves it on from the home just being I am to, he says, our true home is the present moment. To live in the present moment is a miracle. The miracle is not to walk on water. The miracle is to walk on the green earth in the present moment to appreciate the peace and beauty that's available to us now. Peace is all around us in the world and in nature and within us. It's in our bodies, it's in our spirits. Once we learn to touch this peace, Thich Nhat Hanh says, we will be healed and transformed. In, in other words, once we come home to that place, we'll be healed and transformed. It's not a matter of faith. It's a matter of practice. We need only to find ways to bring our body and mind back to the present moment, back home, so we can touch what's refreshing and healing and wondrous. So our true home is the present moment. So we have to arrive in the present moment. Last week I asked you to stay with the sound to be present. So I'm just going to bring us into the present moment, just staying with this sound, not going somewhere else in your mind. 
being totally present. I have to have my ears tested because I think my hearing goes before your lot does. <laughs> I think that went. So this moment really is our home. It contains everything, sights, sounds, feelings, smell, body sensations, thoughts, imagination, emotions, inspiration. This moment contains that. It contains wisdom, enlightenment. All life is here in this present moment. If not here in this, if, if we're not here in this present moment, then truly we're not home. If we're not in the present moment, we're not home. Bruce, though, eloquently said last week, well, it's okay for people to sit in meditation like a pebble on the ground, but some of us have got to do some work. And today I want to see how being in the present moment gives you everything you need to navigate your way through life. Because being in the present moment, the present moment, this present moment is actually your control panel in the process of that navigation. The present moment is the control panel through which you navigate your way through life. Like the control panel on, yes, the Starship Enterprise, the present moment is the control panel that will enable you to boldly go where no man has been before, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and civilizations, all from the present moment. Because, as the Tao Te Ching says, it's such a great, this, this, the first, such a great description of what it means to use the present moment as your control panel. In the Tao Te Ching, it says, without opening your door, you can open your heart to the world. Without looking out of your window, you can see the essence of the Tao. The more you know, the less you understand. The master arrives without leaving, sees the light without looking, achieves without doing a thing because it all happens in the present moment. And the reason that is so is that the present moment, this is the reason why the present moment is your control panel to life. The reason is, is because the present moment is the place where your own unique consciousness merges with the consciousness of the universe. Where your own unique consciousness, this present moment is the place where it merges with the consciousness of the universe. Because, start with this, everybody has a unique consciousness. If we tell the truth, we are all alone in that consciousness. Each of us here is completely alone. Tracy's completely alone. She's got Bruce next to her. Yes, she's got family, got birthdays tomorrow. But really, she's totally alone there and will be. She tries to make connections, but really, we're all going through life totally alone. 
We're born with that consciousness. We live our lives through it and we will die with it. No one else sees the world through the prism or lens of your consciousness. And yet, if you subscribe to the idea that the universe is one, and we sort of do here, if you subscribe to the idea that all in the universe is one, that we're all part of one enormous entity, that our consciousness is an expression of a greater consciousness that we have become aware of, if you can see yourselves as looking out at life from that great I am that's in us and, and that's manifested in all things that's around us, that each of us is the universe made conscious of itself. If you can take that all on, then you'll see that this present moment is the meeting room between you and all consciousness. The present moment is the meeting room between you and all consciousness. That you're not separate from the great universe, but a unique part of it. And that meeting room between you and consciousness is the place where you communicate with the universe. The present moment is the place where you communicate with the universe. And also where the universe communicates with you. It happens in the present moment. It's literally, the present moment is literally a meeting of minds. Your rational mind, your body mind, your eternal mind or soul, meeting with the universal mind, the planetary mind, the animal minds, and all human minds. The present moment is the cauldron or melting pot where true creativity takes place. This is where true creativity takes place. And what is the nature of that creativity that takes place? Well, there is only one aim that's set before us. There's one, if we, when you get down to it, when you do all your spiritual stuff, and you do all your analysis, and you, 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 know, you get clear, you find that there's only one aim set before us. And that is to participate with the universe in the transformation of consciousness. In the evolution of consciousness. That is, the, that is the goal of human life, is to participate in the evolution of consciousness, to be part of the evolution of consciousness. Our individual consciousness, the evolution of that, the global consciousness of all humanity, and the universal consciousness that is the driving force of all creation. That evolution of consciousness, that transformation of consciousness, is the process of evolution that has been going on for 13.7 billion years. And the good news is we are now at the actual forefront of that. The aliveness that is you, believe it or not, the aliveness is, that is Diane, is the most advanced point of consciousness in the whole known universe. What we are manifesting is the most advanced point of consciousness in the whole known universe. All evolution has ended up with you in your skin, in your life. Where each of us 
on point, to take a military term, in this mission. Each of us are on point. And as we go out in our lives with the capability, and we have that capability, funny enough, because we're alive, that gives us the capability. The aliveness gives us the capability. We have the capability of advancing the process of evolution. Each of us has the power to do that. And each of us has a unique contribution to make coming out of the consciousness that we're born with. What we inherited from previous conscious entities. We've had, you know, our consciousness we inherited from our grandparents, our parents and all that. And also socially we inherited our consciousness. You know, we come into that with an inherited consciousness. We come into it with what we've learned so far in our lives as well. The very fact, this is interesting I think, the very fact that we're having this conversation means that you are wide awake to this fact. The very fact we're having this conversation means we're wide awake to this fact. And many people go through their lives and do not realise this level of awareness. They just dog along. They don't realise this level of awareness. The fact that we are in the same space, in this present moment, and we are having this conversation, means that you've woken up to the real purpose and meaning in your life. That you are here to make a contribution to the evolution of consciousness. And you know, I think that's an amazing thing. You know, we, all of us, should congratulate ourselves about having come this far in the game. But it's also an awesome responsibility because you become aware of what's at stake. Not many people get to this level of consciousness. It takes generations of education to think about things and to get to this level of consciousness and the willingness to apply yourself within your life to find it. You have to apply yourself to get here. And, and we've all arrived at that point. And with it, with that awareness, you must know that your life matters. And that your life has meaning in what you do. What you do now and how you live your life will have an effect on consciousness. What that effect is, do you know, we're not privy to know. Buddha's mother didn't know. Buddha's mother had no idea what she'd spawned. She probably didn't, I didn't think Buddha went home. Like, like he probably may have gone home to borrow the car, but you know, he didn't go home, I didn't think much. He, she probably never knew. Mother Teresa's father probably never knew until later on in life. I think about Jesus' grandfather. We never hear about Jesus' grandfather. He, they never knew, probably. They never knew. Jesus' mother and father, because they were told, but they never did, or great-grandparents. They just were carpenters or whatever it is. I'm just going to do my best. And yet they all had a huge impact through their lives, through what they did and what was inherited. We don't know the effect of our lives, but we can know that they will have a great effect because we are conscious of the place, our place within the great scheme of things.
And that place is the present moment. The place that we have in the great scheme of things is the present moment, where our consciousness meets with the universal consciousness. In this present moment, if you could be aware of it, the universe is communicating to us what to do next. All the time. It is the divine dance where our aliveness and the universe, the universe's aliveness meet and create. This happens, the only place it happens is in the present moment. And if we are conscious of that, and if we are conscious of the present moment, then we can participate in that dance and the present moment becomes that control room that we can use to boldly go where no man has been before and participate in the evolution of consciousness where no man has been before. So, that's the game. It's like a video game or an escape room. Who has been to an escape room? There we are. There we are, Fanny. Yeah, a video game. Who has not played a video game? <laughs> Just right. It's like a video game or an escape room. The present moment contains all the clues as to how to live our lives. And the trick is to recognise them and to work out what to do. It's not about sitting like a pebble on the ground and doing nothing. It's about being aware of all that's within us and all that's outside us. And when you're truly in the present moment, that takes, do you know, as much effort as a pebble on the ground. When you're in the present moment, it, takes, it becomes effortless. And you know, we know that, and I know Bruce knows that as a tennis player, because when you get in the zone as a tennis player, or as a sculptor, or as a musician, or as a maths prodigy doing their homework, when you get in the zone, it does become effortless, doesn't it? It just happens, it just, you flow, and time stands still, there's an effortlessness about it. So how, how do we get there, into that effortlessness and that loan? Because the more we think about it, the harder that it seems. Well, Rumi expresses this very well. And I love this poem that, from Rumi. Rumi says, and I believe this as well, Rumi says, it's rigged. Everything in your favour. This is Rumi. So there's nothing to worry about. Is there some position you want, some office, some acclaim, some award, some con, some lover? Maybe two, maybe three, maybe four, all at once. Maybe a relationship with God. He says, I know there is a gold mine within you. When you find it, you will lay aside the wonderment of earth's gifts as naturally as a child lays aside a doll. But dear, how sweet you look, kissing the unreal. Comfort, fulfill yourself in any possible way. Do that until you ache, until you ache, and then 
come back to me again. The idea that, that the, you know, kissing the unreal, all that stuff, is not being in the present moment. And yet most people spend all their lives kissing the unreal. The gold within you is the present moment. It's there that your relationship with God exists, the relationship with the universe, the relationship with all life, where you can make your contribution to the evolution of consciousness. And it's effortless because the pebble, as a pebble on the ground, because it's rigged. I always tell this story about my, my, my um, uncle was a professor of inorganic chemistry. And boy, he knew it all. And he used to play us bridge, my brother and myself, you know, he used to take us around. And he'd wipe the floor with us. It was extremely dispiriting. And then one day he went off to the loo and I grabbed the cart, the pack, and I stacked the pack. And I gave myself and my brother all the spades. So he came back to play his next game. And we played this game. I got those you know, bridge. I got seven tricks. I got the whole lot. And then once we'd laughed and then we told him, he said, that's not funny. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what Rumi is saying, that the universe is, is rigged like a pack of cards and that we can trust in it being rigged. So he says, there's nothing to worry about. You have to just navigate accordingly. You navigate according to the fact that it's rigged. So how do you do that? Well, it's that Buddhist idea of non-practice that we talked about last week. Or finding, finding the way by not following a way. Finding the way to that by not following a way. The Venerable Jaito puts it perfectly. He says, I do not seek the way, and yet I'm not confused. I do not venerate Buddhas. Yet I'm not conceited. I do not meditate for long periods of time. Yet I'm not lazy. I do not restrict myself to one meal a day. Yet I'm not attached to food. I do not know what is enough. Yet I am not covetous. When the mind seeks nothing, this is called the way. So there's an idea of this, of non-attachment. Being in the present moment is about non-attachment because all you're there is, all you're doing is being in the present moment. It comes back to the idea that there is no way to follow. Just living life to the full by responding to the portal of the present moment. Being attached to nothing and allowing our aliveness to guide us. That famous stanza from the Dhammapada, the sayings of the Buddha, which says, it is, it says, it is not good conduct. He's giving, he's telling you how to do this. It is not good conduct that helps you on the way. Nor ritual, nor book learning, nor withdrawal into the self, nor deep meditation. None of these confer mastery and joy. O seeker, rely on nothing until you want nothing. To be in the present moment is to rely on no thing. But instead, to be in 
the no thing that is the present moment. You rely on nothing, the no thing that is the present moment, because the present moment is not a thing. And if you think it's a thing, you objectivize it and it becomes dualistic. The moment you think the present moment is a thing, you separate yourself from the present moment. The present moment is not a thing. It is no thing. It is no thing. And you are part of that no thing. But here, I just want to take a step further than that. It's not that you are part of that no thing. It's not that you're part of the present moment. You are the present moment. You are the present moment. You're not in the present moment. You are the present moment. You, it is you. With your thoughts and feelings, your imagination, your emotions, your inspiration, your wisdom, with what you see, what you hear, what you smell, with all that's around you, and all consciousness expressed by everything animate and inanimate, you are that present moment. It is your enlightenment. The present moment is your enlightenment. It is your beingness to be as it takes you. T.S. Eliot says, well, back to, I'd like to bring these things back to the topic, home. He says, T.S. Eliot says, home is where one starts. As we grow older, the world becomes stranger, the patterns more complicated of dead and living. Not the intense moment isolated with no before and after, but a lifetime burning in every moment. A lifetime burning in every moment. In order to arrive there, to arrive where you are, to get from where you are not, this is Eliot, you must go by way wherein there is no ecstasy. You must go by where there is no ecstasy. Ecstasy means ecstasis. It means to come out of a place. In other words, not being in the present moment. Ecstasis means to come out of a place. So, you must be by way where there is no ecstasis. You have to be absolutely here. In order to arrive at what you don't know, the way... This is Elliot. In order to arrive at where you don't know, you must go by way which is the way of ignorance to know that you don't know and to just respond. In order to possess what you do not possess, a true relationship with the universe, you must go by way of dispossession, letting go of knowing, letting go of your attachment. In order to arrive at what you're not, you must go through the way in which you are not. And what you do not know is the only thing you know. And what you own is what you do not own, the present moment. What you own, the reality of your home, is what you do not own. And where you are is where you are not, where your ego is not. So, you're in the present moment. It is not something that you're in. You are all of it, and therefore the trick is to be it, rather than be in it. You are also the control panel, and that, that way you use it to know 
that in fact it is using you. It is using you. And see if you can go with that. The universe is using you as the present moment in your life to further the evolution of consciousness. Yours and all consciousness as both are one. You are used by the universe. So your pain is of as much learning and use as your pleasure because both are given by that universal mind for you to respond to in a way that enhances all consciousness. I'm coming to an end here, so don't panic. Your life is what the universe is using for its own transformation as well as yours. And therefore, what comes to you in the present moment has to be responded to as if it was sent to you by yourself, which you did, in fact. Elliot again. We shall not cease from exploring, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Through the unknown, remembered gate, when the last of earth left to discover is that which was the beginning. The last of us to discover it's that which is the beginning. At the source of the longest river, the voice of the hidden waterfall and the children in the apple tree, not known because not looked for, but heard, half heard, in the stillness between two waves of the sea. The present moment. So look, now I just always want to have a bit whereby um, uh, anyone can say anything or come back to me on anything I said. I always like to, to say that, you know, I always deliver these messages with the willingness to be wrong. Because, you know, who knows about any of this anyway. So I do that. But, um, you know, really what, what, what I'm saying here is that there is really nothing left to do. And this really allows us to truly serve. When we haven't got an agenda of our own, it does allow us to truly serve. You know, one of the things that stops us serving is our own agendas. You know, I've got to get this done or that done. But if we're able to, and you know, I know it's difficult. You know, on one level, we don't come into, you know, we don't think about all this time we come into the, But if you are able, when you are in that zone, it does allow you to truly serve because there is nothing left to do. We're not trying to get anywhere not following any teaching or practice. Instead, we're just available to respond with love to whatever the universe brings us. And that's the way that I think is espoused by the great mystics. And it's not a religion. There are no rules. It's following the way that's set out by the universe for us to follow. Almost as if the country road is laid out in front of us and we just walk along it a way that is unique to each of us. So does anybody, would anyone like to say anything or come back? Bruce, thank you, yes. There we are. Well, I, I enjoyed your, your metaphysical explanation of things and, and uh, it reminded me of how do you take these things and sort of boil it down to scale for like a 10 year old? 
you know, to sort of understand it. And it reminded me of my dad, very wise fellow. He, uh, I, I, I was, I don't know, whining about something, you know, like, what's the point of it? And, and he, you know, he was a chemist, and, and he sort of always told me that I was so lucky to be who I was, where I was in this country at this time in history, you know, because of all the things that evolved, we had inherited these things. So our job was to enjoy the good things and leave them better than we found them. And so that was just like, oh, okay, leave it better than we found it. And that, that uh, sort of a same theme, but simplified. That's lovely, I love that. <laughs> leave things better than you find them. I think that's fantastic, yeah. It is interesting, isn't it, with a 10 year, you know, when you see that thing about kids, when you see kids, you know, they're bawling their eyes out one moment, and then they're, you know, laughing literally the next moment, and then they're stuffing food in their mouths, and then they're rushing out before they, they literally just take everything so quickly. We're, we're, we're much more thoughtful about everything, you know, we, we, we restrain our emotions and things like that, and it, it's just an interesting thing. Anybody else like to say anything? Oh, Diane. Uh, just a question, Nicholas, um, and, uh, or maybe for a little more explanation. At the end, when you were discussing um, that we are the moment yeah. in the present moment versus in the moment, yeah. could you give a little bit more on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that if you... If you see the fact that we are the universe made conscious of itself, if, if one of the first experiences I had when I was in, in this area is I almost felt like I was contained by something bigger than myself, that there was a huge consciousness that actually contained me. And therefore, all that I am and all that I'm doing is actually contained by something that is beyond me. And therefore, that which is beyond me is to some extent, as I said in that, using me, using my expression that has come into being and come into life to have that evolution of consciousness take place. And therefore, I and the present moment are one. And therefore, one of the difficulties is that we, when we separate ourselves, ourselves in the present moment, we say, right, I really must be in the present moment. <laughs> and the mind is saying, I want to be in the present moment. I... But if we think... I am in the present moment now and there is nothing for me to do and I am just, the, and my movement is the present moment and your being here is the present moment and everything, I don't have to think about it because I just am, I am, I am the present moment and I find that quite useful myself. You know, when you're in the zone, you are the tennis player. You are just playing tennis. You're, you're not thinking about, right, I'm going to, I'm sure he's, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to, you know, he's, he's given himself. What you do is you give your small self to, to the present moment and you say, no, forget it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go with it. Dance, a classic example. Dance is someone being in the present moment. I'm not a dancer, I'll say. <laughs> I nearly went there. You nearly had the first bit of, of liturgical dance in the Aspen Chapel. I always say to the musicians, new musicians when they come here, I say, well, we're really looking forward to you playing. And of course, we do have liturgical dance at the end of the service. So I'm really looking forward to your liturgical dance. Yes, Andy. Does that answer your question, by the way? Yeah, thank you. I liked what you said about the universe being rigged in our favor. Um, because it kind of reminds me, when Einstein came to this country, the first question he was asked is, what's the most important question in life? And he said, the most important question is, is the universe a friendly place? 
Because it is, you should spend your time trying to cooperate with it. And if it's not, then you should spend your time trying to protect yourself from it. And so just cooperating with the universe seems that it, it'll, it'll rig things in your favor if you cooperate with it. That is such a fundamental question for us to answer, isn't it? For, for ourselves, in our own lives. Because unless you actually feel, contrast that universe... And, you know, trusting the universe is not saying that I will not get cancer. It's not saying that I will not end up with horrible situations in my life. It is saying that you have everything within you to be able to deal with the situations that come your way and to experience a degree of joy and satisfaction even in the most difficult circumstances. And you see evidence of this in some of the writings from the concentration camps where there is a connection that in spite of all the awfulness that is going on, there is a connection that's there. And it's deciding that, that you are serving a purpose. That's, that's a big thing as well. The, if the universe is, serve, is a friendly place, you are serving a purpose. It's not about just you. It's about what you can give. The guy who offered to be buried in the ground, apart from, you know, so the, the nun didn't have to be buried in the ground in the concentration camp. You're serving a purpose. There is something, and we are still talking about that guy now. He is still an inspiration, that priest that offered to take the place of the woman that was buried alive. We still talk of him. And our lives are a contribution to the next generation. When we're dead, we can't make that contribution. Now we can. And I think that that is a key thing. And it's something we always have to think about. Because when you decide the universe is a friendly place, it does free you. Thank you. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Anybody else? I always say I'll quit while I'm ahead then. Thank you guys for saying things. Do appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.